This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast. I'm pleased to be joined by Nikki Collin, head coach of Baylor women's basketball, Big 12 champions. They've been making some big big moves in the uh, transfer portal this week and, and really adding what I think is uh, shaping up to be a terrific roster for next year. Uh, so, Nikki, thank you, first of all, for taking some time to do this and talk uh, Baylor women's basketball. You know, let's start with, um, you know, some of the additions you can talk about. Uh, Van uh, Geitenbeek from Stanford, terrific shooter, was was a great player in high school. Obviously, Stanford has a loaded roster, but she had her moments. I, I, I saw the highlights where she hit six threes against uh, Arizona. Uh, you know, so I, I'd love to just hear about her game and why you thought she was a good fit for Baylor. Let's let's start with that. You know, the unique thing about uh, Jana is um, I see – Oddly, coaches can be guilty of this. Um, I see so much of myself as a player in her and vice versa. Um, I went to Purdue, um, sat behind her on a loaded roster, didn't win a national championship, but went to the Final Four, um, got beat in the Elite Eight. Ironically, my freshman year, we beat Stanford at Stanford to go to the Final Four. My sophomore year, we lost to Stanford at UCLA. Um, to go to the final four. So really weird parallels in some ways, but a player, I think that, um, you know, coming up, committed to Stanford as a sophomore, you know, really didn't go through the process a lot because that was her dream school, incredibly smart kid. Um, but, you know, if you look back at her being five star and a 97 on, on hoop girls, like she's really more than a shooter. I think that was the position um, when, opportunity knocked um that's the position they played her at hannah jump was out um, because of illness and so she got opportunity at that spot i think she sees herself much more as a combo guard and as we look to replace a little bit of what we got from jordan lewis um you know i think that's a little bit what she brings she brings an energy and intensity a toughness um you know like she's got a little bit more of a mid-range game than jordan um, but probably not the finisher at the front of the rim um, that Jordan is. And so I think she just, she's got to get opportunity. You know, sometimes you, um, you don't really know how much a kid can flourish until they have the opportunity to do that. And certainly I think Stanford had 17 players on their roster this year. I think they, they didn't use a male practice squad because they wow. basically had three, three yeah. teams in every practice. And, and so when you talk about fighting for minutes and things like that, I mean, I, I just think, She's going to, with opportunity, um, I think people are going to see what she's really capable of. And I, I think she's a willing passer. I think she's a kid that can create off the bounce um, for her teammates. Um, and, and above and beyond that, like she just has um, this energy, this positivity, this desire to be a great teammate, to be a leader, to, um, you know, kind of be a bridge builder. And, and so from a culture perspective, she checks all those boxes as well. Sounds like a guard version of uh, Caitlin Bickle in some ways in that regard, huh? Very similar, very similar. And that's why I say, like, you know, like I know um, that I wasn't, you know, when I played that I wasn't as good as some, but I don't think anyone prepared harder or knew the game plan or, um, you know, really was someone that, that tried to make people around me better all the time. Um, I, I think that's just something she embraces, wanting to be, a great teammate. Um, but obviously leaving there is not an easy thing to do. I think when we talked about it, I'm not sure that there's been a player leave Stanford in like the last 15 years that didn't have a degree. 
Yeah. Um, and so that's a pretty big deal that people don't really right. think about that you're walking away from a, a Stanford degree um, because so often, you know, the players, the Dijonais, the Maya Dotsons, players that have left there usually have a degree um, before they leave. Yeah, no, great point. So uh, let's move on to Aija Blackwell. Did I butcher her first name, or is that how you pronounce it? You did. It? It's just Asia. Asia. It's, it's less complicated <laughs> than you think. Asia. Okay, that that's uh, that that makes more sense. Um, so she is obviously a terrific player. I a lot of Baylor fans watched the game that uh, Baylor had against Missouri, and Melissa Smith and Blackwell went back and forth. You know, really a terrific uh, college basketball game. But she's you know listed i mean as a guard but but she's probably more of a forward right is in the way she plays and and i mean she tremendous rebounder quickness uh ability to score around the hoop what, what do you what are we getting in uh what is baylor getting in her yeah i think she's a true forward you know and i think um forward can mean a lot of different things in the college game um certainly she has the strength and physicality to play more of a power forward position but we see her a little bit more as a small forward um, with certainly the ability to, to switch and play to mismatches. You know, obviously the best thing that happened to us in our game versus them was she fouled out um, <laughs> because, you know, Melissa had a huge game. Um, Sarah hit big shots down the stretch, but it was a, a big part of, of us getting stops late was her sitting on the bench. And so um, I just, I like her, her passion. You know, I think she's a, when you talk about, you know, one of the areas of, I think, growth for us is is just an overall toughness, a willingness to get on the floor, a willingness to mix it up, um, to, to get rebounds, to get 50-50 balls. And I just don't think there's a ball she thinks she can't get. Um, and so I think when she steps foot on the court, there's there's an energy about her. And I think for her, it's about, you know, proving that at her size, you know, she she played um, some small forward at Missouri, more so um, earlier in her career because of their roster. Um, but with graduation of Sierra Porter and some other players that played there, she did play more of the power forward and certainly capable at the collegiate level. Um, but with her goal to be a great WNBA player, um, you know, I think that it's her ability to prove that you know she can consistently knock down the three, which she did a good job of this year. Um, but still from a volume perspective, you know, you know, kind of keeping her near or at that same percentage as, as the volume goes up, um, being able to post her up against smaller guards. You know, we just we've 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 flipped our roster in general in terms of, of just being super small on yeah. the perimeter. Yeah. Um, just through our, our 22 signees and, um, and and this group um, that that we've we've gotten in the portal. Yeah, no doubt. And and so uh, before I start asking you about some of the incoming players and some of the returners as well, what what's your philosophy on on using all 15 scholarships or do you like to keep a scholarship or two in the bag just in case somebody comes available at semester break? I mean, what's what's your what's the plan uh, in your mind as far as uh, how you would fill out the roster from here? I would prefer never to have more than 13. Okay. Um, yep. and, and it's not, honestly, it's not because so much needing to save one in the bag. Um, you know, I think a lot of it stems from it's very hard um, to keep eight players happy, right. let alone um, 12 or 13. Right. And so because of that, do you have balance in your roster? Do you have balance in your classes? I mean, 
we obviously were put in a unique situation this year. I think Coach Mulkey felt the same way. She never carried more than, you know, 12 or 13 players. Then by nature of when I was hired in May um, and really all the players in the portal matriculating at that point already, um, we just we were left in a tough position in yeah. terms of are we going to add players just to have bodies? Um, and we just weren't willing to do that. We just weren't willing to take players that we didn't feel like were – Baylor good right. um, that were the quality of players this program has had for the last 20 years and, and has built up to be. And so, you know, because of that, you know, we knew um, we were, we were really happy about our fall signees. We knew that the portal was going to be important. We knew that our, our team success this season and our ability to pr- prove as a staff and a program that we could be successful was then going to help us, you know, in the, in the portal. So, that was kind of the approach we took in terms of balancing the roster. And the thing that I like about what we're trying to do even in the portal is to not just take a bunch of grad transfers and it's great to have one or potentially two, but when you know that every year you're going to be turning that player over, I mean, Asia Blackwell is going to be a one-year player, you know, like she has two years of eligibility, um, but I have zero expectation that she's going to want it or need it, you know, in terms of like where she wants to go. I would be like Melissa Smith having come back, you right. know, for us this year. So, um, you know, you, you want to be able to say, okay, you know, we're willing to add a player or two, um, but we want some continuity in roster. We want to develop. We want to build. You know, I didn't come here to be a pro factory. Um, I came here to build a program, to develop players, to graduate players, to mentor players, to, you know, really a holistic approach to what we do. Yeah, no doubt. Let, let, let's uh, go through the roster, and we'll start with the backcourt. Um, you got three in addition to Guytenbeek. You've got uh, Sarah Andrews, uh, Jamee uh, Asbury, and or, or Jamie. She goes by Jamie, right? Is it J- Jamie? Yep. Okay, yeah. You got it. First yep. names, and I'm always tough. Have a tough time with Jaden Owens. Uh, so three returning players there with experience. Obviously, Asbury and Andrews logged a lot of minutes. Uh, Owens more, more as the season went along. You know what? What is? What do you envision the style of play? Having that much experience at guard, great three-point shooters. Adding Guytenbeek, you know, adding a couple others uh, that we know can shoot the three as well. Do you, Do you see more of what your vision of um, spacing and and you know making sure you know it's there's post touches and and but but in, playing inside out. I mean, is that is that kind of what you envision this roster doing uh, based on how it's constructed right now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sarah Andrews can can take another huge leap. I mean, I think she took an, an probably the biggest leap um, of anyone um, this from her freshman to sophomore year. Um, that's opportunity driven, and you know that the roster losing Didi and Moon and Dijanae and 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 Sarah, um, you know, when opportunity knocks, she sees that she had a great year, and I I think she can continue to elevate and be one of the best combo guards in the country. You know, I think she can be a kid that plays a lot of point or play off the ball and she's equally comfortable, you know, but I think as, as she continues to grasp the reads, um, you know, our team got better this season when um, Sarah was more aggressive off the ball screens, you know, and understanding that you're the first option. And um, I used to tell her all the time, like, Liz is really good. Um, but there's not a ball, there's not a magnet on the ball and a magnet on list, you know, like <laughs> you're, you know, and I would just, uh, sometimes I'd look at her and say, let the magnet go, yeah. you know, because there, look, we were going to get her the ball. Uh, we needed to get her the ball. 
Um, but we were a more effective offensive team when, when we read the defense. And sometimes that was for Sarah to be aggressive coming off. And then all of a sudden it makes the read easier to get it to Melissa. So I think for Sarah, it's continued growth in ball screen offense, understanding how I think. I probably had to play more point guard this year uh, with this team, call a little bit more. Right. Um, because, you know, it's just that transition of them understanding what do I want, when do I want it, uh, when do we need to slow down, um, when do we need to execute versus play in transition. Um, sometimes I felt like a third base coach, um, just like, come on, let's go, you know, because wanting to drive the pace up. And so I, I think she's going to come in with a totally different confidence level this year in terms of being back and knowing she's going to be a big part of, of what we do. Um, you know, I think Jamie's growth is going to come in. Um, can she be more than a spacer? Um, she was very good for us, spacing the floor, a really good shooter, um, and, and someone that we relied on defensively to chase players. She played more minutes than any player on our team. Hmm. Um, you know, um, and a lot of it was she, we, we joked that she's like a conservation lizard um, because, you know, she kind of knows when to go 100% and when to – um, you know, kind of hold back. But the, the thing about her is because Jordan and Sarah got the bulk of the ball handling responsibilities, it probably took less pressure yeah. off her and allowed her to play a few more minutes. Um, and, and so I know like for her, it's, it, can she get in and be a finisher in the lane? Can she really learn to, 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 to make her jump shot off a bad closeout um, because she is such a good three point shooter and, um, and, and continue to be a leader as a, as a, you know, fifth year player. Um, Jaden is an energy player. Yeah. Um, she did get better as the season went along. We saw glimpses early. Um, then she dealt with some shin issues that limited us in terms of repetitions and ability to play her and, and push her in practice for growth. And so, um, you know, but, but someone that definitely, you know, brought energy for us off the bench at times, really good attacking the rim, um, really, really challenging her to um, continue to be a better three-point shooter um, statistically. She was the person that they left, you know, on the perimeter um, with, with, when we would sub her. So I think growth for her there. And then we talked about Jana. So those, those are kind of our, what I would call our littles, um, <laughs> you know. And obviously I have zero fear of playing like three of those guys together because we did it all season long. Um, but now we have a little more versatility to play bigger, play big at the two guard, play big at the three. You know, like we, we have the versatility to kind of change our lineup up. So you know, to me, I'll always say this, people think like, it's so easy to say, oh, you brought a pro style system um, to college. Like, I don't think a lot of times people even understand what that means. Um, because if, if you're a um, NBA fan, um, pro style, when you have Jokic, who's maybe the best passing five man in the history of the NBA is, is different. Um, than when your best player is Steph Curry. And so the actions that those teams run, there's some similarities, but how they play. To me, pro style means two things. It means you're going to play with pace. You're going to play in a lot of ball screens and step ups. You're going you're gonna to teach actions. You're going to teach players how to really read pin downs and players. But it means like utilizing the strengths of your players. Because right. in the pros, you're always going to have superstars. You're always going to have great players. And so molding kind of what you do and having it evolve and change season to season, roster to roster to take advantage of the strengths of your team. So we won't just say, okay, this player insert Asia into Liss's role and have her do that. Yeah. Like that's not how I'm wired. Like the thing I love the most about coaching 
outside of the, the relationships, like the actual coaching part, it's, it's that chess match. It's like figuring out what's the best place. Where's the best place to get age of the ball? Where's the best place? You know, is Jana going to shoot well off screens or, or do we need to um, have her space to shoot threes? You know, like there's just kind of figuring out the dynamics of your team and what they're good at. Yeah. And, and Asbury, correct me if I'm wrong here, but my perception is she shot 36% on the season, but I, it seems like her percentage was way higher the second half of the season, maybe in the forties and, and, and yeah, she was much better in conference play and, you know, had like a little bit of ebbs and flows, had huge games and then might struggle. And I think that's the unusual part. And you know what, if you looked at her statistically, um, a year ago at Oklahoma state, when she scored 17 points a game, the difference between Baylor and Oklahoma state is it was kind of the, the Asbury Natasha Mack show there and they got well over 50% of their team shots when she was there. You know, it's different when you play in a system and you're going to play 32 minutes and you're going to get 10 shots, you know, and it's harder to, there were games I watched Jamie because I was scouting Mack a lot for the pros where she might start over seven, you know, and then make five in a row. Now Jamie went over seven for us this year she wasn't looking to, to score, right. you know, and, and I think that's the dynamic of um, why she, in some ways she shot it so well, because it was just pure volume driven. Um, and she could get in a, a slump and get herself out even within a game. And so, you know, kind of getting to where, you know, she, she takes those opportunities, has her feet ready, really is, is intentional about, you know, having her feet ready and um, takes the shots when, when they're, when they're open and then can, can make plays off the bounce, you know, more efficiently make the right reads off the bounce when, when she needs to pass it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Let's, let's move on to the wings. Uh, we, there's one we can't talk about, uh, cause she's not signed yet, but an exciting transfer coming in that's, uh, put up big production in college last year. And, uh, Dariana, little page bugs, McDonald's all American six, one, what what is Baylor going to get in her, and do you think she's? I mean, is it kind of with all freshmen? It's probably a little bit of a wait and see how good they are compared to your current roster and, and the incoming transfers. But uh, I would I would suspect a McDonald's All Americans coming in fairly ready to play. She she's um, I, I think in a lot of ways she is. You know, I think the way I've described her, and I hope I hope everyone sees this as the most. Um, uh, like a huge compliment, like, but I described Darion as a little bit like a throwback player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she just, um, in a time where you see, you know, lots of razzle dazzle and, um, social media highlights, like this is just one of those kids that efficient, effective plays both ends. Like she was in a stance in the McDonald's game going Kiki rice. I don't care if you're the national player of the year. Like, <laughs> You know, I mean, she just has an intensity about her. Um, I'm, I'm always so proud, like, when I see her post about teammates and, um, you know, she, she won a state championship. Her team was, like, second um, in the big Nike Tournament of Champions in Phoenix over Christmas. Um, and, you know, I think she's a kid. If she scores eight points and they win, she doesn't care. She's not um, chasing stats. She just does what her team needs her to do. Um, to win she's a really good mid-range shooter um, kind of developing the three but really really comfortable um, her kill spots are the elbows the short corner um, a great rebounder I think can defend um, just about any position on the floor just really an intense kid um, but 
has a has a humbleness, you know, and I'll never forget um, my one of my favorite stories about her after she had signed and she she had brought um, a ton of people to the OU game, you know, and and we we lose that game, mm, right? And yeah. I mean, it's it's our second loss, and it, I'm pretty devastated coming out, and she's like. You know, and uh, she waits around with 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 her mom is there as well, and and uh, I, I'm like I'm like apologizing to her, and she's like, Coach, we're gonna be fine. Yeah, we're gonna be just fine. You know, and it was just like, okay, okay, good. You know, like she, um, you know, she's a kid that didn't love the recruiting process. You know, it was it was it wasn't the easiest process because she just wasn't into being courted and having all these conversations and she just likes to play. And so, um, love the idea of her, her versatility and, and being able to play kind of, um, the small forward and power forward position, you know, yeah. um, over time. It, you know, it's sometimes interesting. This is an aside, but, uh, that story, I, I talked to Mira little, one of Baylor's, uh, incoming recruits for men's basketball in the 23 class. And he came to watch the Oklahoma state game. Baylor men lost that game. And then he went to Indiana and Indiana hit a last second shot to beat Purdue. And, and, um, you know, so uh, Baylor fans, and I'm sure even the coaches were probably a little worried after, after that, you know, those right. visits back to back. But then he said, you know, you know, it was really important for me just to see how the team reacted after that loss. And, you know, and to see the camaraderie and how they didn't like finger point at each other. Like, you know, it's, it's always interesting what kids are looking for, you know, versus what, you know, the expectations of adults are sometimes when you That's have, like a super mature way to say yeah, it too. Like yeah. you just don't think of a, he's probably 16 at the time, right, you know, I mean, cause right. he's a 23, maybe 17. So right. sometimes how they look at things, but you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, Dariana, I like, I just feel like, if the ball is when the ball is thrown up, she's just going to compete, you know, and, yep. and that's what you love as a coach. What's uh, Bella Fonteroy? Um, I, I loved, you know, watching her videos. I think she's an exciting prospect. Um, what, what is Baylor getting there? She, uh, well, I'll just let you talk. You know, her game a whole yeah, lot better than I, I do. Mean, Bella, um, you know, we started from the back on Bella. Um, she is a relationship kid. Um, ironically, I'll never forget when I called and talked to her mom for the first time and, you know, her mom and dad both played at Missouri state, um, and really at a high level. And, and so I, she said, you know, I needed to talk to this coach, Nikki, because my daughter never spent this much time on the phone with coaches. And so there had to be something different about you because, you know, she, she, she would complain about, you know, 10 and 15 minute conversations and you guys would be on the phone for 90 minutes and, and I'm thinking to myself, what are they talking about all that time? Um, so Bella was, Bella is very relationship driven. She's, um, you know, a, I don't know what she is as a student, like her numbers, like she's, I don't know if she's Val Victorian of her class, but you know, she's got like a 5.8 GPA or something mm. like she's, um, involved in every club does tutoring, mentoring, um, just a really, um, amazing kid, um, that, uh, you know, at the beginning, you know, I think like had these existing relationships and slowly and surely just over time, um, you know, we were able to build a, a relationship where quite frankly, I think she just couldn't say no. And, um, the ultimate like culture builder, um, uh, because she really does care about people and, 
and, you know, holistically wants to be a great student and sees the student athlete experience as a big deal. Like I remember her saying like, you know, it's okay if I come on a football weekend, she came on homecoming, but she's like, it's okay if I don't, because like, there's going to be like football Saturdays are going to be like eight, you know, 24 days of my four year college career. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so like just like yeah, it's great perspective. Uh, okay, you're right. Like that's that's not what my day to day is going to look like. And so I just want to be around the people and and understand all of that. And so um you know, her family and she put great trust in me. I think as a as a player, um Bella was, you know, almost like was I think a top 15 in player in her class and then and then tore her ACL as a sophomore and you know, I think dropped to as low as 80 um, and then kind of had another breakout summer where she just kind of kept moving back up um, this summer because she, she'd she been in the USA basketball system. She'd played in the youth events. and um, But she's she's more of a um, three-point shooter. She's going to rim run. She's a, I always say she's a toe runner. She's just one of those kids that just run, run, runs. And, um, you know, I, I think can – can really create space. Obviously played the five in, in high school and went all the way to the state championship game where I think everyone runs into, runs into incarnate word yeah. <laughs> um, every year. Um, but um, you know, so she's, her game is a little different as much as she's not built that differently um, than um, Dariana. Like she's, she's more of that true stretch for right now with, with the ability to take the ball off the glass and, and get you going in transition and just competes really hard, loves to take charges. She's got a little Kate in her that way. Um, I tell her all the time, she drives me crazy when I watch her because she falls a lot and, (laughs) and I want her to stop falling when she shoots it, you know, like just things like that. But she's um, just really going to be an amazing ambassador for, for our program. Is it, is it a, like a try to sell the foul type of fall or um, just, just a I, habit? I think it's just, I think it's a habit yeah. and like a full speed, like, Hey, let's play off two and right. come down on two and, you know, play, play to balance and, you know, think things like that. So I think it's more habit than anything. I also think there's also like a wrecking ball mentality. Um, I do think she creates contact and yeah. gets bumped and, and draws fouls, um, and and some of them are are probably very warranted. So it's it's a, a little bit of a warrior mentality. No doubt. All right, let's uh, Katarina. I'll let you pronounce her last name. She's coming from the JUCO ranks. Um, what what's what are we expecting from uh, Katarina? Yeah, Katarina's more of a. Um, she's one of our few like true like two threes. Um, you know, I, I think she's a player that played some point for her junior college team. She's Brazilian. Um, and, um, and, and we'll play in the world university games with Brazil this summer. So we're, we're excited for her to, to, to represent one of her national teams, um, you know, was, was ranked by one service as the second best and by one as the third best, um, junior college kid in the country. Uh, I think she's a kid that truly can score at all three levels. Um, she's more of a, the thing that I really loved about her. Um, in recruiting her in the fall was that she she doesn't mess around with the ball. Um, she's a straight line. She can make a three, but she, she'll also just one, two dribbles, straight line drive, attack the rim, score, draw, foul, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't mess around with it as much. And so, you know, can really get up and defend multiple positions. She guarded the point guard a lot um, for her team, especially 
as a freshman because that's obviously what we were kind of evaluating her off of was her freshman year in JUCO at the at the time of signing and we were just really grateful. So many JUCO kids wait to sign in the spring and she was just so excited about Baylor and the opportunity um, that, you know, that helped us continue to build that relationship with her through the course of the season and make sure she was in the classes we needed her to be in. So we didn't have any transition issues um, from junior college to, to Baylor. And so um, she's, she's a good athlete. She's a straight line driver. I, you know, she's got some um, – she's not as big and strong, but I would say a little bit – she's got a little bit of Dijonet Carrington in her, mm. um, you know, as far as, like, being someone that can can attack, can draw fouls, you know, is going to make a three. You know, you wouldn't say, like, she's a um, high, high-level three-point shooter, but I think she's a capable, capable three-point shooter. Yeah. All right, Caitlin. I, you know, Caitlin was on a post-game show with me, just like you did uh, with me in the in the Sigma Three Sixty Five studio. Uh, she was terrific. You know, fan favorite, just incredible charisma. You know, just I mean, just passion. You, you know, I, I know you've talked about her a lot in, in those terms, but you know, she's back for her super senior year. Uh, you know, does everything, does like all the dirty work that needs to be done to help the team succeed and win. I mean, what's, what's, what are you expecting from her, you know, this, as she gets, you know, one more year uh, in familiarity with, with what you want? You know, really challenged her to, to be a captain, you know, to, to be more of a leader. I think, you know, when you come in with a class that includes um, Colleen and, and Melissa and those guys, you know, obviously played um, a lot more early in their career. Um, and and so I think Caitlin this past year was just such a breakout year for her. And um, ironically, like she 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 shot the ball horribly from three. Um, and and I think that's something that she was disappointed with. It's crazy because I think like, oh, we've got this player that can play the four, can play the five, has can stretch the floor. I mean, and people talked about how Melissa has to improve her three-point percentage. And I'm thinking – you know, like Liz shot 28% and Kate shot 19% for us, <laughs> you know, from three. Now, right. Caitlin, what she did better um, than she ever has in her career was she was more physical around the rim. Yeah. Um, she finished her effective field goals percentage around the rim was incredibly good. Um, she made some big threes for us. Um, she was really big in, in big games. She, by the end of the season, I had become comfortable with her. Um, playing some three offensively and defensively when we really, you know, we, we lost some games this year because we couldn't match up with Leah Brown from Michigan, or we struggled with Vivian Gray the first time we played them um, because she played entirely the three and, you know, she didn't do anything against us on, on our senior day because, you know, we started Caitlin on her and she just never was able to get off. So I think Caitlin's one of those players that um, I would say outside of Jordan this season, could have run any position on the floor for us. Yeah. Like, you know, confidently knew every, every position, every play. Um, if I would have said, okay, we need to dummy, dummy this, just go play the two, go play the point. You know, um, I think she, she gets the why um, she understands the game. You know, I think we, we, we got a little bit of her stubbornness out on certain things that she did habitually that drove us crazy. Um, like ball side help. And, um, you know, and, and so I, I just think over time, she really was someone that understood what we did. And I think going into next year, my goal for her is to obviously shoot the basketball better um, because I think she's more than capable. 
Um, but I also think she's got to take a little bit more of a leadership role um, with, with this group. Um, some of them are young, some of them aren't young, but, you know, are, are in new positions and new systems. And, and, you know, she's someone that's um, obviously working on her master's degree already and, and kind of has a pattern to her day in her life. And she's very programmed, but like challenging her to be a little bit more engaged. Um, she's a really good teammate. Um, but I think she, she's also someone that kind of just does her own thing and, 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 and I need her to be more of a, uh, a motherly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, you know, take, take care of, take care of the little chicks. Yep. Um, and so I think that, that, that's where she's going to, her role is going to change. You know, I think for us, not what she brings on the court, um, in terms of taking charges and, and knowing tendencies and sometimes guarding people bigger, sometimes guarding people smaller and, and really being kind of a quarterback um, on the defensive side of the ball because she she's just so good at at her communication. Kendra Gillespie, returning players, be a, her sophomore year this year. What's uh, um, what do you see from her? And and you know how have you? We didn't get much of a chance to see her in games, you know. So what what does she look like in practice? And and uh, you know what what do you expect? Kendra's got to get healthy. Um, I'm not even sure we, we haven't seen, um, what Kendra is capable of bringing, you know, like obviously a player that we signed last summer, um, and, you know, was basing it off of, you know, what she was capable of doing in high school and video I had watched off of that. And just, um, you know, Tony green who I'd hired, um, had recruited her, um, all through high school and, and knew her and her family well, um, but started off, you know, with arriving on campus, having an MRI and, and having uh, a knee surgery. Mm -hmm. And then we, we just dealt with a lot of things. Um, and it was tough for her this year. She was the only freshman on a really small yeah. roster. And so um, with every other post player being a senior. Um, and so that, you know, kind of the challenge and the, and the injuries and, and some other things that she dealt with, like, I just, I want Kendra to get, I want Kendra to get healthy. Yeah. Um, and I think when she's healthy, um, she she's got a little bit of um, you know maybe a stretch to say Charles Barkley, but I think she's a an undersized post that um, has has traditionally been able to attack off the bounce. Yeah. Um, you know she has a pretty good feel for the game. She's a pretty good passer. I think she has a pretty good understanding. Um, she just was in a tough position being a freshman um, in terms of trying to get minutes and, and compete with those other three post players who, you know, at times like, you know, they felt like they didn't get enough minutes. You know, yeah. There was three of them. So, yeah, right. you know, I, I think, um, you know, I think she's a kid that could make a huge jump. I think there's that so often can happen between your freshman and sophomore year. You understand what it means to be um, a college athlete, um, the expectations, the commitment it takes, um, the work ethic it takes, you know, just, just being organized and, and not letting things slip through the cracks and, and being in the gym and, you know, kind of prioritizing that. And so I think she can make a huge leap, um, you know, as, as we get her over these injuries and fit and, and feeling good. Awesome. And then finally, uh, Kyla Abraham is, uh, six foot four post player, um, incoming freshman. What's, what's, uh, her game like? What do you, what do you, ex what do you expect from her? Yeah, she's very similar, um, to queen. Um, certainly 
I can't say I don't know what Queen looked like as a 18 year old. Um, certainly started watching her a little bit um, by her sophomore year in college, but um, just you know, one of those players that I, I right now I'd I'd consider the four R's. She can rim run, she can rim protect, um, she can roll, and she can rebound. Mm. You know, and and if she does those things effectively. Um, she's, she's one of those, um, you know, she looks like she's been in a weight room a lot and she hasn't, um, she's just naturally got a, a strength and a coordination about her. Um, her 15 footer is actually quite good. Um, you know, like she doesn't, she's not one of those players that, um, even though she's a big kid that like, she doesn't have touch or she can't shoot, but I think she has a lot of room. And, and the big thing with her was even when, we were recruiting her was, you know, she, she was opposite the average kid today in terms of like desire to like be a superstar. She Mm. knows that she's got some development, developing to do, you know, and we're challenging her that she's a little further along than she thinks. But I think the nature of her being, um, you know, a military kid and, and having to move, um, she always hasn't always had consistency of coaching or consistency of AAU programs and, so she's bounced around a lot, which I think has helped her adapt and, and fit in. Um, but I don't know that she's had that consistency of skill work um, and things that she's going to need to, to really um, develop. But I also think she's one of those people, her ceiling is so high. And I think she has the ability to make like really big progress really fast when she, you know, is in the gym with people who can help her. And, and so um, just, got a great body you know i think she's nothing else she's going to rebound for us right away awesome all right so this is a popular question on the message board you mentioned earlier that uh you like to keep 13 scholarships i count 12 uh right now that seem like they have committed spots um if my math is right so uh you mentioned uh before we started rolling the podcast that uh you might be pursuing a post player uh if 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 that doesn't come to fruition, you feel comfortable with what you got already. But, but, uh, is that, is that really kind of the one need that, you know, could probably round out this roster is, is getting a, a, a good, you know, post player. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm super comfortable with what we have. Um, you know, I, I think that the, what we have is, is versatile enough. We can rebound. We've got strength. We've got the ability to space the floor. Um, I don't think it, what we have is going to put us at a decided size disadvantage against really anybody in the country, um, except maybe a South Carolina, which it's hard to not be at a size disadvantage um, at times to them. But I think um, we, we are still, I mean, there's still some, some people in the portal um, that, you know, would be considered post players and, you know, if they fit and they fit our culture, um, you know, we, we potentially aren't done. Um, but I'm, I'm super happy with, you know, where we're at and what we've been able to do in terms of um, balancing the roster um, through our recruiting class in the fall and then, and then what we've been able to accomplish in the portal. I mean, it was a crazy week for us last week um, because we had brought in um, four players over five days. And yeah. so it was so much shuffling, so much shuffling. Some of them were a little bit together and then, or one would go and another one would come in, you know, and, and so, you know, it just for, for us to, you know, be in the situation um, that we're in, um, I, f- I feel really good. And I'm super proud of our team because, you know, when you only have five returnees, 
um, that's a lot on them too, because I, I'm just a big believer that your players are who sell your program. Right. And, um, you know, so as much as how we play and how we communicate and the relationships that, that we have amongst ourselves as a staff and, and all of that is important and how we model that down. Um, but it's our players who, who are like, you know, this is you, you would want to play here and yeah. you would want to be here. And I think sometimes it's really hard um, to want to recruit someone that could cost you some playing time. Right. right. You know, like yeah. that is like, we're all, we're all like by nature, a little bit selfish sure. and have personal and individual goals. And the one thing I've always appreciated since the day I stepped foot at Baylor is that man, when, when kids have gone in the portal or we hear rumors, like, you know, our players are like, hitting them in their dms like we don't even we don't you know we're not supposed to ask them to do that yeah. but like we don't we don't have to do that like right. players these guys know each other from mcdonald's games and from aaus and and or from just quite frankly like sometimes i have to ask are you like really friends and know that person or are you just like social media friends <laughs> like you post on you know you yeah, comment yeah, on their yeah. posts and yeah. so but that's this generation. And so, you know, I mean, I just, I just think our players have done an, an amazing job in this recruiting process for us of, of selling the change and selling the vision and, and being proud of, you know, kind of what we accomplished this year and, and not wanting to see, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants to be a part of um, that first team that, that the streak breaks of big 12 championships, you know? So <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it as much as anything. But I, I think they, they put that aside. They put their, you know, sometimes their personal goals aside and say, okay, you know, Asia Blackwell can make us a championship contender. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't I want to play with Asia Blackwell? Right. Um, and that's really important. Yeah, no, it's an exciting roster. Congratulations. Uh, I know you got to be thrilled. Uh, and, and it says a lot. I mean, the quality of these transfers that you're getting, you know, the fact that, I mean, your players obviously are helping to sell them, but it says a lot about you also and the culture you've created in such a short time. So congratulations. Uh, I know Baylor fans are going to be excited to watch the progress. All right, final question. Uh, foreign tours, um, where where are we in that cycle? Are, do you have one coming up? Is it next year, this year? I can't, I can't remember uh, where we stand. Yeah, so we don't, um, we don't have one. We have actually Michael um, – Mata, my operations person who who helps me with scheduling um one of the things we had decided this year was in like last year we went to cancun so this year you know we're going to play in a fort myers tournament to stay kind of in the country yep. so that potentially um next summer um but i have not started those conversations with mac or our or our people so like i, I don't want to like start saying hey, right right yeah, right right we're going to italy next summer but we've <laughs> There, there's some costs associated with that, talked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> right. It, it, it means fundraising with our extra sure. funds. And so we we, got, we know what that looks like, but we have internally talked about, you know, potentially like I know I know the men are, are going to China this year as, you know, kind of a part of that World University Games. And and uh, I know I've talked to Nels Hawkinson about potentially getting, you know, in line um, to do that because that's a unique thing where, yeah. you know, the school represents the United States. And so – um, that as well, but yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're starting to talk internally, but definitely not putting anything out there about that yet. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, can, can you talk schedule at all? Are there any games that, uh, 
fans can look forward to, or is that too premature right now as well? You know, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I know kind of a little bit of what it looks like, but I also feel like, I don't know what we have as far as a signed contract. Right. So I don't know what I'm allowed to say, okay. but I, I yep. we will have a, a big neutral site game in Dallas. Um, and obviously Maryland's returning to oh, us. Yeah. Um, and so that'll be a big game. And then, you know, we are playing in the um, Gulf Coast Showcase um, in Fort Myers, um, which Baylor's played at in the past. In fact, I scouted um, Kalani and Beatrice Mom Premier back when um, they were, I think, freshmen in that in that tournament. So that's a really good tournament um, for fans. Um, and you know, I think I think the field that they have right now, and I don't know how committed they are, but I think all eight teams probably were in the top 75 in the net um, mm. when season ended. So really, really high quality. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not South Carolina, but in it, but there's, it's a really going to be a really, really good tournament, at yeah. least from a net perspective. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate the insight. Um, I know Baylor women's basketball fans are going to love this. You've been listening to a Sikkim 365 podcast with Ashley Hodge and Nikki Collin, Sikkim Bears.